Hi, you're listening to Mystically Inclined with Fiona and Mo. A podcast featuring conversations that explore what it means to live in alignment. From the practical to the mystical, we're here to challenge our beliefs, learn from each other, and grow together. And have fun. And have fun. (laughs) Okay, on today's show, we have Rachel Merrill. She has such an interesting story. She grew up in North Dakota. She experienced all this craziness in her childhood developed into a beautiful healer. And now she is a psychic medium. She does Akashic records readings. She's a Reiki master and a holistic life coach and a singer. And we get to hear a little bit of her singing on this episode. Um, So she was super interesting to talk to all kinds of fun information. And we even, you know, check in with the records, see if they have some more notes for us on this episode, which they did. Mm-hmm. And you asked a great question that I think every person is going to be able to relate to and a fun exercise for us all to try. Um, but yeah, I loved talking to Rachel. She had a great story. And um, I I think it's so fun to see how brave she is. And like, yeah. she does it like she, she's just like nonchalant about it. She's like, well, yeah, you have to. <laughs> like, right. oh, okay, great. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, she's so, awesome. So much fun. Yeah. Enjoy. So welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us today. I'm so excited to talk to you about all this good stuff. Thanks for having me. I'm so happy Jenny introduced us. I know. I love that Jenny. She's put us in contact with so many great people. It's been really fun. Nice. Yeah. I have someone to put you in contact with as well. We love hearing that. Awesome. (laughs) Maybe we can start with explaining a little bit about how you got into the work you got into and like what that work is. Sure. Um, Yeah. So how I got into this work, it's a fascinating subject. And I did include some of that in my book that I wrote. I sang anyway, a stepmom spiritual memoir of healing. So I grew up um, very Christian. I was paid to memorize Bible verses. I have nothing against Christianity. Um, but as I got older, I had a friend who passed away. She was only 36 years old and there was no cause of death. Her daughter had gone to daycare with my son. So we had a friendship for many years. Now my son is 15. Um, this, and this happened back in 2015. And after she passed away, I believe that she started to reach out to me from the other side. Uh, I have mediumship abilities, but I did not know it for a very long time. So what she did was she, uh, it was kind of like leaving breadcrumbs. So first I felt that she wanted, for some reason, wanted me to go to this crystal shop. And I was raised to believe that crystals were evil, that all of that was evil. So I went to the shop. I was very hesitant I stepped into the shop and I thought, what will I felt like, will God strike me down right now? Because I am with the crystals. I didn't know. I didn't know what to expect. And I found out that the owner of the shop, I I had met at my friend's funeral and she had worked with my friend, the friend who passed away. And then less than a week later, my laptop broke. 
from one of my kids. I think they were jumping on it or something, you know, it makes sense. And, <laughs> and I needed to find a way to replace the laptop. I didn't want to just go to Best Buy or whatever. So I reached out. It was kind of like a Craigslist to this person. He said he had a laptop and that he would be at in the driveway of his home with his wife and his kids. And I said, okay, great. I can meet you. It's like a 10 minute, 15 minute drive. I drove out there and it started to look really, really familiar. And then I realized that it was on the same street as my friend. And then, uh, and I'm getting chills just thinking about this. And they said, oh, we're, we were such good friends with her and her daughter. And I thought out of all the people I could buy a laptop from, what are the chances that it would be on the same street? So that got me really curious. I felt like my friend was from the other side, leading me down this path of spirituality. And I had already taken Reiki level one, some energetic healing attunement. I decided to go on to Reiki level two. And then in 2017 became a Reiki master. So when that happened, as you start to work more with energy in a different way, it's almost like you open the door a little bit further. And when I, I began to do Reiki, I started to notice other abilities. And after that, I decided mostly because I was inspired by Rebecca Campbell that I really wanted to learn what the Akashic records are, how to access them. They sounded so fascinating. I didn't really understand how you could be connected to the energy of everything. That idea was so fascinating to me. After I learned how to access the Akashic records, and uh, I don't know if Jenny had mentioned this at all, but Jenny accesses the records slightly different from me. I believe we both access through the pathway prayer, but she calls on the record keepers and I use the language of the spirit guides. Uh, So it's just a different way of proceeding forward in the records. Um, But after that happened, after I learned how to read the Akashic records and I started to do readings for people, bizarre things started to happen to me. I Um, love this part. Yes. (laughs) Um, I had always, you know, I, I had confirmation several times that the universe was listening to me, that the universe was paying attention to what I was saying. And I thought, oh, it's just me. And I got the message, but they don't make them all like you, Rachel. And you have to take the credit for that. And I'm like, oh, but no, I need to be humble. And no, they don't make them all like you. So that's the message I got. Some of the things that started to happen were I said out loud, oh, I don't see dead people. I don't see spirits. Well, then <laughs> shortly after I said that, I was with my friend um, who not the friend who has passed away, but a a friend who is here physically with me. And we went to a restaurant called Margarita's. We were going to her car to put a box of food away, some leftovers. And then we were going to go to a show. As we walked past this plant shop and we were heading to her car, 
I could hear the sound of a skateboard coming around the corner. And I looked and there was this young guy, maybe like early 20s, long hair on his skateboard. He looked right at me and he said, you have a big forehead. And I thought, this is the most bizarre thing. Why would this person, who is clearly a lot younger than me, want to pause on his skateboard and and insult me? I don't don't (laughs) understand. And why did my friend not uh, pause? She kept talking. She she likes to talk. She was talking, talking, talking. So it, it bothered me a little bit. I thought, something's off about this situation. And I texted her to ask her, well, what did you think about that person skateboarding? And then he just insulted me. And she said, what person on the skateboard? Oh. <laughs> and I thought, oh, okay. That's my first uh, experience that I am aware of that I now can at times see people on the other side. Wow. Yeah. So do you think he just said that because he assumed you couldn't hear or see him? I really, the feeling I get when I feel into the situation, because of course I don't know the answer, Mm -hmm. but the feeling I get is that this is probably some guy who lived in the neighborhood, who was kind of like a prankster, a trickster, whatever you want to call him. And he just probably thought it would be funny. Mm -hmm. And I don't even know if he knew he was on the other side. It was really interesting to me. That is really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And mm-hmm. another another story I have, uh, one of the strange things that started to happen after I learned how to read the Akashic Records is I said, again, I said out loud and the universe listened. I said, I don't hear spirits. <laughs> and of course, um, I was live streaming, doing live free readings. And um, so it was for someone whose friend was on the other side. I connected with him with my mediumship abilities. I was asking him questions. And then, um, then all of us heard, and my eyes flew wide open, all of us heard him say, yeah, we heard his voice. And I said, did you hear that? (laughs) Everyone heard it. And we were very surprised. I didn't expect that I would physically hear um, because often when I'm doing my mediumship, I don't actually hear anything. It's more like I'm an interpreter. I take the pieces of information. I piece them together, maybe like a quilt or a puzzle. And it's more of a a heart-centered connection. That's the best way I can think of to describe it. But those were a couple of really wild things that really got my attention. And I thought, okay, I have a gift. I'll keep going with this. This is fascinating. Were you a little like hesitant? So those, those, um, things that happen kind of like were bringing you closer or were you kind of totally blindsided? I would definitely say that um, for the time that I heard the voice, I was a little bit jolted Mm. and there have been times in my mediumship where I'm 
making sure that I, you know, calling the spiritual protection I need, I take it very, very seriously. So I haven't had any really scary experiences, but I think that's because I approach spirit with such reverence and I don't Mm. call them ghosts. I, they don't like to be called ghosts. They like to be called spirits or spirit. And really it's like the, the respect you would give any living person. That's what they expect and they deserve. So that's how I try to approach my mediumship. And now that you've honed your abilities even more, are you able to connect with your friend who passed? Yes. I actually ask her, especially before I do spirit galleries for her to help me. And I ask my ancestors as well. Um, but I specifically call on her. I know, uh, maybe like 10 years ago, I had a medium tell me, or no, it wasn't 10 years ago, but right after my friend had died, I had a medium tell me that my friend wanted to help me from the other side. And I didn't understand what that meant. She kept saying, she wants to help you with your business. And I thought, I don't, what would she help me with my, like for my logo? I don't understand (laughs) what, what does she want me to do? Yeah. And, and it was because I I didn't know I would, that I was a medium and, and I hadn't uncovered those gifts yet. Very cool. When you were growing up in your Christian family, did you have any like inklings of any kind of psychic abilities or anything like that or not really? Yes. When I look back, um, so I grew up in North Dakota on a farm. I live in New Hampshire now and to put into perspective how rural it is. So it's seven miles outside of my hometown. If you want to go to like a, any store, like a regular store, you would have to drive about an hour and a half. Wow. And it's, there are a lot more cows than people there. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yes. I know. What do you eat? Like just whatever you can grow, right? Well, there are grocery stores, but I mean like anything outside of Got grocery you. stores. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, some of the signs that I had when I was a child of, of knowing now now that I'm older, I can see, um, that I used to do so many things like create, um, I called it a dream box and I would put like what witches might put into a box candles and cut out magazine pictures, words like phrases to help to manifest things. Um, I had no idea that this was actually part of witchcraft. And I remember i bought a book that was about summoning fairies. I liked to do yoga. There were a lot of different things that the rest of my family had no interest in. Nobody that I knew was interested in any of that. Um, So it made me feel like the odd one out, like the the strange person. But now I see that as more of a gift, actually. Mm. Yeah. That's cool to look back and see those little clues. Yes. Yeah. So now can you explain a little bit of the differences between like the spirit guides and the Akashic records and the angel realm and ascendant? Like what are all the different? Yeah. So so I'll explain from my limited understanding. And I'm, I'm saying that because of the different dimensions that we have. So everyone in the physical um, dimension, 
we're in 3D, but then there are other dimensions above that, different levels of understanding. So 4D, 5D, and anyone listening to this may have heard of that already. Um, the reason why I bring that up is because to be able to understand any of these terms, you have to think about it like these um, beings are in between you and whatever you view as um, maybe God or source or creator, or um, you could just say universe, whatever your belief system is, but these beings are in between you and that um, larger um, universal force, this um, source, you could say, and they want to help all of us. They help us through, um, you know, but they have to be called upon to help us. And so ascended masters would be, for example, some people would say that um, Jesus was an ascended master, Buddha, anyone who has achieved enlightenment. And then in mediumship, we also call them the term the mighty dead. So this is a term that respects that, you know, that they are mighty, they've reached this um, enlightenment but then they are also on the other side, uh, ready to help us. And then angels, all, any of these terms, by the way, I always say this in my readings. If I have angels coming up in a reading specifically, I will say this could be connected to religion or not. It's always your choice. It's your belief system uh, because angels can come to you no matter what your belief system is. And so angels really want to, um, they have different specific sort of missions, like Archangel Raphael is a healing angel, the color green, the heart chakra is associated with that angel or Michael, Archangel Michael, I call on Michael anytime I get into a car or if I am uh, traveling, I want to make sure my travels are safe. I call in Archangel Michael. Spirit guides, that's where it also gets really interesting because these are, again, beings that are at these different levels um, above us, you could think of. They're not, and it's weird to say above us because it's not really like, you know, they're up at the ceiling. That's not really how it works. It's hard to explain. But spirit guides could be like Goddess Isis is one of my main spirit guides. Um, one of my favorites, and I know I'm not supposed to have favorites, but it would be Merlin because Merlin is hilarious and always says um, the most straightforward things that you could ever imagine. Like someone with no filter who knows the best jokes. That's like, that's Merlin. <laughs> Very funny. <laughs> and um so the spirit guides are the ones that I call in first. I call in the person when I do Akashic Records readings. I call in after I make a heart-centered connection with the person. I call in their wise and compassionate spirit guide because it's sort of like they are the one who will be there first in the records when you step forward. They want to, they would love to guide me or whoever is reading the records uh, to see the truth, to see the wisdom, to see however the, the wisdom is being presented, whether it is in books or symbols, uh, some kind of scenery. 
And that's what the spirit guides are there. All of those are here to help us. That's fascinating. I love that. It's like you forget to do these things on the day to day if you're not practicing them. Yeah, absolutely. Every morning I try, I don't always get to it, but I try every morning to light my candle and I say some affirmations to connect in. Like I call in my higher self. I call in my, I am presence. I call in all parts of me from all timelines. I call in my Merkaba. And then I think great. I say great spirit. Some people may say God. Um, and then I think mother earth. And then I thank the angels, guides, ancestors. And after that, I call in my spiritual protection and go forward after that. If I want to access the records, I sing the pathway prayer um, cool. in the in the style of, well, the pathway prayer that Linda Howe has in her books. I love that. What a beautiful practice. I would I think that's so powerful. I'm I'm recently remembering that like I I don't think I can do life without morning practices and morning rituals. So I've just gotten recently back into like journaling every morning and things like that. And um, I'm like, oh, what a lovely practice to kind of start up and, and just kind of include it into my my daily ritual. I love that. Beautiful. Yes. Mm -hmm. Rituals are amazing, especially for handling anxiety. I think mm -hmm. many people have anxiety, including myself. Mm -hmm. And without those... Um, things that help us to slow down and be more mindful, it can be challenging to handle the yeah. anxiety. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, okay. I want to kind of switch up um, topics just a little bit because I'm super interested. I know you emailed us about the ancestral healing that you do with through mediumship. I would love to learn a bit more about that. I'm, I'm very into that at the moment. Yes. Um, yeah. So specifically I go in through the Akashic records, but mm -hmm. I only do, I only do this for people who are ready. And what I mean by that is I wouldn't do ancestral clearing for just anybody who walked off the street and said, Rachel, could you do this for me? The reason is because of the reverence needed for the energy and for the um, basic understanding needed as well. So for someone who has never had Reiki before or hasn't done any kind of energetic work, has no experience with that, it wouldn't be a good fit for them. Uh, it's only because when you have that awareness and understanding, you're more open to receiving the ancestral clearing. And so what I do is when I know what is the level of knowledge that this person has and they're willing to do the ancestral clearing, I will start either on their mother's side or their father's side and I will go back with them. It's kind of like walking them through a guided meditation and I will bring them through the sacred journey of connecting backward. So going back to, let's say their, their father, and then um, bringing in the grandfather, and then going back all the generations, because uh, the importance of clearing what we have had passed down to us through epigenetics, that is um, very, a powerful thing. And I make sure to 
ask the person after I've done this very powerful clearing, I ask them to please be kind to themselves, to notice if they're triggered because probably they will be triggered or someone in their family may be triggered. They'll notice the energy has shifted. It's different. And uh, I would encourage a salt bath. And then I make sure to follow up after that clearing. I might maybe after a week, just check back in, send an email or a text or something and say, Hey, how are you doing? Want to see how you are. And often the responses are amazing. It's really fascinating. I haven't done that too many times, but every time I have the feedback has been really amazing. What do you find are, for lack of a better term, clues that would clue someone into them being ready for something like that? It would be a knowingness in their heart, really. And also that I think that they have the knowledge and then they ask for it. Mm. I would say that it wouldn't be like something prescriptive. I'm not going to tell someone that they need ancestral clearing. It would only be if they come to me and they ask for that. And that would probably be after we've worked together for a little while, after I understand the energy a little bit better, um, have a better grasp of that. Mm, that makes sense. Cause it is such deep work that it's like, to your point, not taking someone off the street and just being like, Hey, you there. <laughs> yes. Yeah, definitely. I never do any of my work uninvited. I make sure. And I like, I'm not the type of person to just, uh, go up to someone in a restaurant and give them a reading. I don't, I feel like that could be like a violation of their energy and they might not be ready to hear what I have mm. to say. It could be overwhelming, shocking. I don't know. I try to respect their energy as much as possible be very heart centered, especially mm. if they say, yes, I do want a message. And then I have to be very gentle with how I deliver that message. I want to be that way. I don't. Um, so for example, when I do my spirit galleries, yes, I do try to have a very high vibration because that makes the reading so much better. And some of the time I might be kind of telling a little joke or laughing, but I never want to make a joke at anybody's expense or dishonor their loved one that, um, I'm never, going to do that. I'm very careful about how I say things, especially the manner in which people, uh, which spirits reveal that they passed. I'm very careful about that information. I might just say something like, oh, this was a tragic passing, or this was a mm -hmm. sudden passing. And I won't, if they told me what it was, I won't reveal that in front of the crowd because it's really mm -hmm. sensitive information, of course. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like those people are trusting you in those moments, you know, so that's you just like respecting and, and having the integrity to, to make sure that you are giving people like, I guess the best experience because things yes. like that, like hearing things when you're not ready can be mm -hmm. a bit traumatizing. And instead of it moving you forward, it can send you back. Yes. I'm very trauma informed. That's mm -hmm. something that I really focus on. I have over 16 years of working in various nonprofits and I have a lot of training in that area. Uh, so I apply that to 
the work that I do with my business. I love that. Do you can you think of a example of one of your clients that you've done the ancestral clearing with and what was what was cleared and how that changed for them? Yes. So without giving away too many details, of course. Um, I gave I did an ancestral clearing for an author that I know. And she was actually one of the authors who was in my course that's also available on my website, How to Write and Publish Your Best Selling Book. After I did the clearing for her, I found out some really fascinating information about her lineage from her. And she said, um, you'll never believe this. This person called me. They apologized to me. There were just definite shifts that happened. Um, she noticed different relationships, the way that people treated her or were around her, that they were different. And she, she said she felt like it was really a breakthrough that she was seeing. So that was really interesting to hear. Um, I, I really want to say more, but I also want to respect her confidentiality. Of course. Absolutely. That's so cool though. Cause it, you know, it's all energetic. So that makes sense as to like, you know, they, she had this big shift and then even without her going out and implementing anything per se, it was like the, the energy was responding regardless. Yes. That's so cool. Yeah. So when we had talked to Jenny, she was explaining how she interacts with the records is, you know, they show her images or songs mm-hmm. or whatever, but um, that a lot of times they wouldn't make sense to her and she would yes. just deliver the information without yes. interpreting it. So I'm wondering what, when you have your process, how is that different if you're incorporating mediumship with the Akashic records? Is there more interpretation or more entities weighing in on how the information is getting translated? Yeah, great question. Uh, So mediumship can come up sometimes in the Akashic records. I've already done all of the spiritual um, preparation in advance. So I'm protecting myself and I'm protecting the other person. So I specifically ask for only the energy that is of the highest good, maybe allowed in the reading. And so that way I'm using my discernment to see how does this feel? If this feels like a fearful message, I'm going to connect back into heart center, noticing that, okay, maybe I'm getting into my head a little bit. As long as I'm going back to heart center and feeling that this feels like a safe message, this feels like a happy or positive or um, non-judgmental message, then then that's how I know to trust the message. The, the biggest thing about the work that Jenny and I do is about learning how to trust yourself. Mm-hmm. It is a really bizarre experience when you're getting a message that, or you're getting a symbol and you have no idea what that could possibly mean. Like they're showing you a kite and then there's a swan and then you really, so at first your ego is telling you, oh, don't say that. That sounds ridiculous. They'll never understand that. But if you say that you might be preventing yourself from saying Mm -hmm. something that is really important that they will understand. And they'll say, oh my gosh, you said, so for example, this happened to me when I was doing Reiki for someone, she was wearing pants. I couldn't see her ankle, 
But as I did Reiki on her ankle, I said, you have a message by your ankle. And I, it sounded weird. Why would you have a message by your ankle? But she said, yes, after my friend passed away, I got a tattoo in her memory and it has this message and it's on my ankle. Oh, so wow. that's an example of learning how to trust the messages that are given and the, um, going back to the, the mediumship part in the Akashic records, there are different kinds of mediumship. Not everybody uses the Akashic records in their mediumship. So I always prefer to open up the records before I go do an event or a reading. And for me, I prefer it because it feels like you're receiving the larger picture. So most mediums will do evidential mediumship. And I do incorporate that, of course, because you want to kind of prove that you're connecting with the person, you're giving the evidence that this is in fact them. But by using the Akashic records, I'm not just connecting in with that spirit. I might be connecting with the angels that are around them or the spirit guides that's right there or uh, whatever other messages might be coming through. It's it's a much larger picture instead of just focusing in on that that spirit. Interesting. Okay. I have a weird question. It's maybe kind of simple, but I'm assuming if you grew up with this Christian belief system, you had kind of a set thought of what happens to you when you die. And I'm wondering, like, what do you think happens when you die now? <laughs> yes. So I love this question. Also, um, my mother still thinks that I'm going to hell because I'm not a Christian <laughs> anymore. <laughs> and that's fine. She can think that if she would like to, um, I view heaven very differently. Um, I just continue actually to be very open-minded about it. I, I understand it as another dimension, but I think the fascinating thing is that I don't think of our loved ones as being like really far away on the other side of the galaxy, which is kind of how I thought of them before I thought of, okay, so we all go through this light tube and we go to this place on the other side of those planets. And I don't know where it is. That's how I used to kind of think right. of heaven. But now that I do mediumship, I am able to connect in with spirits. Like I, you know, I can feel there are spirits in this building. I can feel when there are spirits um, on land that I go to. Uh, so I can get the messages wherever I am. Like when I do live mediumship every other Wednesday with my friend, Kurt Caulfield, he's the person I want to introduce you to. Well, we are in different states. He's in Maine, I'm in New Hampshire, but we're both able to connect in with these loved ones on the other side. So knowing that we could be anywhere connecting with these people, they're right on the other side of this veil, you could say, that puts it into such a different perspective. Um, and it's also very comforting because then, you know, like if you had a super close relationship with your grandmother, you can still talk to her. You can still ask her for advice and maybe you might not understand what she says back, but maybe your heart will understand something. Mm -hmm. And you can also ask for help. You can say, Oh, I have this really hard decision. I wish you were here. And then you can realize, Oh, they actually are here and they can hear when I 
talk to them. They love it when we talk to them and they'll acknowledge it. And then sometimes we get um, different symbols that they have heard us or that they want us to know that they're there. For example, in the last live stream I did of mediumship, I said to this woman, when is the last time you saw a hummingbird? Because that's your dad there with you. And she said, that was this morning. Oh, wow. Yeah. I love that. Yes. Well, that goes back to like trust too, you know, and like trusting the signs that come through. Maureen and I have talked about this quite a few times. <laughs> it's a practice. It's such a practice. And I, I wouldn't say that I, you know, I have the perfect solution. The perfect answer is the perfect understanding of how to access all the information, but just like, uh, meditation or yoga or any of those things, it's, it's all a practice and just choosing every day to trust a little bit more. Mm. And like finding what works for you. That's right. Everybody's yeah. a little bit different. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you have any suggestions for people to try and just start to tune in a little bit more to their intuition or to be more open to any kind of psychic abilities? Yes. I think a big thing is learning how to listen to your body. Your body holds so much wisdom. And really, if you think about it, if, if I'm doing mediumship, I'm connecting in with my heart. I'm kind of like getting into this high vibration state, like as if you're listening to really happy music and then imagining almost like a bridge from my heart up to this other dimension, connecting with these loved ones on the other side. And then I kind of with my energy, call them forward. And if they want to, they can step forward or not, but I can't make them come forward with a message. I'm just inviting them and they, then they connect or not. And so it's really important to not only learn how to trust your intuition, but just really your body, because your body has like, you might, you might already be getting all of the messages. You might be getting all the answers, but you're telling yourself, I'm not getting the messages. And actually you just need to stop saying that to yourself. That's all you need to do, <laughs> but it's easier said than done. Overthinking the message or yes, like, or yes. uh, writing it off as if, oh, that can't possibly be, it can't be that yes. simple. I, yes. I tend that people like to make things a bit more difficult than they need to oh, be. Oh yes, absolutely. Yeah. I have a great example of that. After I trained with John Holland and Lauren Rainbow in mediumship, I was sitting in my living room and I knew that there was a female spirit that lived in my house, but I had never talked to her before. I had lived there for probably about seven years and I remember the training. So I was really new to mediumship and I just decided I'm just going to sit here, tune in, start to ask her questions. So she started to tell me all these things about her life, about she showed me so again, I wasn't in this case hearing what she was saying, but I was being shown this vision of this large table with all this Greek food on it. And all these people were around the table and this delicious Greek food was being served. So out of curiosity, I thought, okay, I really need to go find her obituary. I, I just need some validation. I need to know that I'm not losing my mind, that I'm not making this <laughs> up. I need something to tell me that I'm not just imagining this whole experience. 
So I found her, I Googled her obituary. I found it. I knew what her, I knew what her husband's name was because it was on the house. And so I found her name, found her obituary. And I read, there's a whole paragraph about her Greek cooking and how she loved to serve Greek food to so many people. Oh, how cool. (laughs) Yeah. So sweet. I love that. Yeah. So really important. Trust yourself and, and just believe if that message is feeling good in your body and feeling like it comes from love, then it is true. It is safe. Notice how it feels. Mm-hmm. Well, what do you guys think? Should we ask the Akashic record something while we have you here or the media oh. or the spirits or whoever? Yeah. How are you feeling, Rachel? I I am very excited for that. Yeah. Um. So I usually will do a heart center connection with one person and I usually write their intentions down. I didn't bring a notebook with me this time, but that's okay. I can remember what the intentions are. So is there one of you that would prefer to have a reading? I'm going to take a drink of water. Go ahead, Motown. You do it. Okay. (laughs) So another thing I do, totally optional, but I like to use big crystals as like Mm. a, a tool. This one looks like a wing kind of, um, So this one is a blue kyanite for balance. All right. What's your intention for the reading? Um, Like my question or what do you mean? Sure. So you could have a question or be curious about an area in your life. Um, Yeah, it's up to you. I I have only good intentions. My question (laughs) is what kind of messages do they have for me? Or how I can improve my relationship with money in terms of making it, saving it, how I spend it, all of it. Mm, I love this question. So many people ask me this question. Okay. <laughs> all right. Um, and do you prefer to be called Marine or Mo or it doesn't matter? Either one. Okay. My spirit guides will recognize me either way. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's good that you know that. <laughs> All right. So I do the, the reading with my eyes closed. All right. So I'm going to invite you to get comfortable in your seat. If you'd like to close your eyes and take a couple of deep breaths in through your nose, out through your mouth. And I, Rachel, connect a golden beam of light from my heart to yours, Marine. And I allow this golden beam of light to encircle us in loving protection so that only what is for the greatest good may enter here. And I call in your wise and compassionate spirit guide to step forward and bring messages of wisdom and truth around money. And the spirit guide that is stepping forward in this case is Archangel Michael. I'm going to ask him to take me specifically to you at a place in your life that has information that you're seeking about money. It will just be one moment as I connect in and follow where he goes. So the first thing I'm seeing that he's showing me is fear and tension. So there is a lot of fear around this and he's saying but it's important to let go. And he's saying, yes, of course I know that that so many people are told this. And he is almost saying that this is something that you could roll your eyes at this advice to just let go and to not have fear. 
but he is also encouraging, he's showing water. So he, oh, he is reminding me to tell you about this practice that you can do. Thinking of money as the abundance that ever flows, that is like water. And so he says to take a mug of water, uh, or it can be an empty mug, and place it in the sink and turn on the faucet and then notice how you feel watching it for five minutes with the water flowing. He's showing that you are getting very uncomfortable right now thinking about this, that you are feeling like it's almost like twisted up as you're like, but what about the water bill? What about the water that is flowing everywhere? What about running out of water? All the thoughts about controlling the water. But he is saying that the abundance is ever flowing and then to tap into that feeling feeling of knowing there is always enough and repeating these affirmations he's almost talking about it like programming this new reality into yourself and he's saying if you want you can even practice this placing the mug into the sink every day and for five minutes he's saying Yes, it will feel like you really just want to reach out and control the mug, but to be open to this idea. I'm going to see what else. Actually, I'm going to ask him if he could please show me um, a gift for you, a symbolic gift to see what comes forward around money. So I'm going to ask him for this. So first he wants me to talk about how you look in your higher self. And this is really fascinating. And then I will come to the gift, but he wants to talk about how you look like this fierce queen that you were wearing white. It's almost like you have this cape around you and your eyes are flashing a little bit. Um, so you are, can benefit from working with the element of fire, especially if you're very sad about something, but it's, he's almost showing me like you're this queen goddess that you have this elevated energy. And again, that not everybody has, and that it is something that you can begin to tune into every day, calling it in, calling it in. And you are already embodying this, he's saying, but it there is more. So he, he's saying you have already begun to embody this higher self. And now he would like to turn me over to this gift. So the gift is wrapped in this white paper and there is this intricate bow that's also white. It has many designs on it. There's like silver in it and many different things. So I'm going to ask him to show me what is inside. Oh, he's also saying to take a deep breath and to let go on the exhale for you as well, if you'd like to. Oh, this is interesting. I love this. Okay. So he is showing me many, many cars and he's saying travel, travel, travel. And he's saying that it may seem counterintuitive, but to really spend your money on the travel. And when you spend your money on the travel, for example, getting the first class seat. And instead of automatically thinking, oh, I'm not sure I can afford that, then saying, oh, I will buy this, there will always be more. And 
he wants me to explain for anybody who is listening that he's not suggesting that everyone goes and buys five first class seats on various flights automatically. Of course, you need to you do need to be realistic and look at is the money actually there right now, but then trusting that it will come and telling yourself that it can flow from many sources. He's saying that right now you're expecting money to come from certain places and to open up your heart that they can, that this money, oh, he's saying this is a limiting belief that many people, he says, including Rachel can have. (laughs) And he's saying to begin to every day for five minutes, every morning, start to picture and to say to yourself, money flows to me from many places, money and from limitless places to think of it from unlimited, limitless is the key word here that just as the Akashic records are limitless as they are unleashed. So too, the the money is for you when you allow it to be this way. I'm asking if there is anything else, if there's any other clarification around this. And he is also talking about peace. So he's talking about when you work on your money. Uh, So for example, looking at your budget or looking at your income, whatever it is, to practice feeling peace, practice feeling gratitude. He's saying you're already doing the gratitude part, but to practice even more gratitude. Um, So for example, with the bills saying, oh, thank you so much universe that I'm able to pay these bills with no problem at all. And continue saying this to yourself. Uh, So the peace is very key. And (laughs) he's saying, again, this is, um, he's actually showing me like going like this with his hands, um, showing me that, we as humans try to overcomplicate, overthink it. And in fact, it is an energy shift. And then he's interesting pointing at me and saying, aha, uh-huh, Rachel, do you hear that? <laughs> this is an energy shift. <laughs> All right. And so this message is beginning to feel complete. I just want to say thank you. Thank you. Thank you to Archangel Michael. And thank you to you, Maureen, sending you back, giving you back your beautiful energy and taking back my beautiful energy, beginning to close down the circle and going ahead to sing this prayer that I sing at the end so that I don't continue to receive messages for you after we are finished here today. I would like to thank the masters, teachers, and loved ones for their love and compassion. I would like to thank the lords of the Akashic Records for their point of view. And I would like to thank the Holy Spirit of Light for all knowledge and healing. The records are now closed. And that's it. Wow. <laughs> Thank you. That You're was wonderful. Very welcome. That I was. feel like even though that was Maureen's message, I feel like everything you said resonated with me. <laughs> 
It was probably for all of us, honestly. Yeah. And for anyone listening. Maureen, how did you feel about it? Like, was there anything that you were like, okay, valid? (laughs) Yes. I was like, I'm just going to let the water run in the cup forever. Oh my God. (laughs) He kept showing me you were like this crumpled piece of paper. That's how it feels to you that you're like, no. (laughs) Like every day in like five minutes, Maureen does things so fast I cannot imagine you I'm gonna check in on you and be like did you do your five minutes today hey, and then like, Sarah, you're, gonna you okay? dim- you're gonna have to set a timer and like commit I'm gonna do it oh, I'll shift okay. that energy hell yeah let's all do it I love it I love how we started this interview with like talking about morning practices and then they reiterated it yes right? that's true yes mm-hmm. getting everybody on on are with my morning rituals. What is your morning yes. ritual right now? Well, I wake up and before I even brush my teeth, I just go into this little room. I have a little um, meditation bolster and I journal just like some morning pages. I also started reading the um, how to do the work by Dr. Nicole, the holistic violet. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and she has some like journal prompts, which are good. So I do those and then I go downstairs, I start my tea and while my tea is boiling, my water's boiling, I just go right into our little garage and do a very quick, I wouldn't even call it a workout. I literally just move my body in some way for the five minutes that the kettle is boiling and then I start getting ready for my day. I love it. Yeah. How about you, Maureen? Well, it depends on the day and the work schedule, but yeah. Usually I get up and check my emails and have a cup of tea. And then sometimes I get a little journal in, but I could make it a little more extensive and I need to add five minutes to watch the water run over my cup. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I would love to do journaling again too. I used to have a very good practice of doing that and I want to write a second book. So I'm going to commit to doing that. What's your second book going to be about? I was just going to ask. I am not entirely sure, but I think it might have something to do with either channeling or mediumship in connection to the moon. So the Mm. moon phases and then a journal part in there. So to use it as something of a guide. Mm. I love that. That sounds fun. Do you find that like when you wrote your first book, I was gonna add like you started to say that and I could hear the word channel in my head do you find that when you read wrote your first book it was channeled a bit uh I would say a little bit but a lot of what I wrote actually I would say that I used rage and I'm not saying that the tone of the book is angry Mm -hmm. but I was so upset about what happened had happened to me and to my family um, to anyone else who has gone through similar experiences that I just thought the world needs to hear this. My voice needs to be shared with the world. And I want to encourage other people to speak their truth and to no longer be silent. Mm-hmm. I think if more people are not afraid or they, they just move forward anyway, even if they are afraid and they speak their truth, I believe the world will be a a better place because then we're not silencing so many people. Mm. How did you find that um, 
where did you channel that bravery from? Cause that's a pretty brave act to like take those feelings and write them on paper and then share them with. <laughs> it's so, um, <laughs> scary at first. And I have a lot of second, um, a lot of times second guessing because it involved family members. Uh, my parents did not want me to write the book. They told me that they asked me, they said, please don't write this book. Mm. And yet I moved ahead with it. I, I did change the names. I changed places. I changed some of the descriptions to try my best to protect people's privacy um, because, you know, just because I want to be, and I am a published author, doesn't mean that everyone else wants their name to be published in the book. So I would say that um, the bravery was really, I would call it alchemical. It was because I took so many of my tears and I'm thinking of the Adele song. I, the one, um, what is it called? I, something set fire to the rain. Yeah. That mm -hmm. one. Mm -hmm. Um, yes. Yeah, so I, I was done with the tears. I was ready for action. Um, but I didn't want to actually harm anybody. I, I needed a way, a cathartic way to get it out of me and mm -hmm. for it to help others. I wanted to take the, these terrible situations from my childhood through college. And then in 2020, when most of us had our worlds explode apart in one way or another. And I wanted to take all of that uh, with my childhood dream of, uh, since I was 12, I wanted to be a published author. And so I decided that this was my time. I was done with just keeping it under wraps and protecting people who they, there was no reason to protect them. What about my voice and what about my self-love and prioritizing that over um, protecting people's actions that, that they shouldn't have done those things in the first place. If they didn't want to be in a book, then they shouldn't have done those things in the first place. <laughs> that is a beautiful message. Thank you for sharing that because I'm sure people listening are sure like even myself, I'm like, okay, I, I can take something from what you just said. It's so powerful. I think so many people have in one way or another felt some sort of suppression. Um, so yes. it's really cool to see, um, see people on the other side. And like, I imagine you're doing better now than ever after you kind of got that out and released it. Yes. And, and I would say it's definitely, um, again, like a practice about showing up mm -hmm. every day to think, how do I want to be in this world? <clears throat> I notice so many times when I do mediumship or I do readings that when I'm tuning into the people's energy, that there are so many, especially women who have blocked throat chakras that they they're suppressing some kind of truth. And I am not saying that from a place of judgment at all. Mm -hmm. I'm saying that from a place of experience that I, I know, and I recognize, and I have love for those people. And hopefully if they're listening to, or you, I would say you, if you're listening to this, that you would take this message and be encouraged to share your own truth. Hi, it's me. I'm the yeah. one with the. <laughs> I'm like Fiona. Remember, <laughs> she has gotten that message from a couple of our different medium friends or psychic mm -hmm. friends. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, and even like through my own Reiki training and stuff. I, 
working on it, guys. It's a practice. <laughs> it yeah. sure is. Mm-hmm. It sure is. Oh, Rachel, this has been so wonderful. Thank you so much for coming on and sharing your beautiful message and your beautiful gifts with everyone listening. Um, You're welcome. Would, yeah, thank thank you. you. I really appreciate being here. Absolutely. How can people connect with you? I mean, we're going to link everything to your in your in the show notes, but go ahead and share how people can find you. Yeah, you can find me at Rachel Merrill, um, just as it's spelled on the screen, rachelmerrill.me.com was much more expensive. So it's .me and <laughs> you can, um, you can email me if you'd like to, that's fine. Rachel.lynn. So it's R-A-C-H-E-L dot L-Y-N-N dot Merrill, two R's, two L's at gmail.com. Awesome. I love that. And what's the name of your book? I'm going to link that as well. Yeah, it is I Sang Anyway, A Stepmom Spiritual Memoir of Healing. You can find it in a lot of different places. The easiest to remember would be either my website or Amazon, but it's, it's also available in various other places. Congratulations. What a cool thing to have accomplished and gotten it all down. Thank (laughs) you. I'm really proud of my book, baby. Thank you. Yeah. I love that. Love that. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye guys. (laughs) All right. Bye. (laughs) Take care, Rachel. Bye. Thank you so much. Bye. So Rachel Merrill, the Rachel Merrill, she was so fun. That she was, was so fun. interesting. I loved learning about her background and like how she grew up very religious. Mm-hmm. I found that to be so interesting because first of all, I don't know much about religion, but also I know there's a lot of rules. Yeah. I'm not really a rules kind <laughs> of person. <laughs> I like some rules, but like those ones just seem extreme sometimes to me, but Again, yeah, she was still a level where she was getting paid to memorize Bible verses. That's like pretty hardcore. I know. Yeah. And I was almost half expecting for her to say like her dad had passed or something like, no, her parents are still on this plane. Yeah. Why did you, why did you expect that? Um, because her memoir was like so revealing about Mm. the abuse and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. So brave of her. Yeah. Um, I loved hearing that. Like I thought the podcast was over and then I was like, Oh wait, I still have more questions. <laughs> <laughs> what, what do you mean? You thought you were free, but you're oh. not like about her book and just like oh, yeah, how yeah, she yeah. tapped into her bravery for that. So I, I thought that was really cool. It's very yeah. inspiring to me. And I need a white cloak. You sure do. <laughs> wait this morning. This is I haven't done after. it yet. I just woke okay. up. <laughs> you look great for just waking up. Thank you. This is how my hair naturally is ratty in the morning. I kind of like it. It's a vibe. Oh, thank you. Okay. So other things that we need to catch up on. Okay. First of all, <laughs> I want to play a game. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So when we talked to Jenny Halla, she was saying that she used to practice her intuition with her other buddies who were studying it and they would guess colors. So I brought my little deck of cards (laughs) and you're going to get to guess. What do you want to guess? Color or card or what? Probably let's start with color because card feels like 
I have less of a chance of getting it right. All right. If you take your headphones out, can you hear me still? Because I want to tell the audience what card it is before you guess. Okay. I'm going to close my eyes. I know I cannot hear you. You can't hear what I'm saying right now, Fiona. Your green shirt is beautiful. Okay, guys. It's a red three. Okay. Thumbs up. Okay. Okay. Wow. You really thought this through. I'm so impressed. Thank you. <laughs> no idea. All right. So this. I'm just going to look at my card and think about it and I'll send it to you and let's see if you can guess what it is. Is it red? Yes. Oh, I heard it. I heard it right in my mind. Should we do it twice to see? Do you want to guess the number? Oh, okay. Send it to me. Okay. Are you sending it to me? yes i'm just repeating it in my mind over and over again three yes you got it (laughs) that was awesome i didn't trust myself because let me tell you when you first said that you were going to pull a card i heard the number three and then i wasn't trusting that 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 was true because i was like there's no way like i i heard three before she even pulled the cards out of the deck Oh, weird. And so then I was like, maybe it's four, maybe it's Jack. Maybe I just need to go with my initial guess. <gasps> Good job. Nice. Want to do another <laughs> one or should we quit while we're ahead? I don't know. I feel like we should do another one, but you're the skeptic here, not me. <laughs> um, Let's do another one. You don't have to close your eyes because I'm not showing the screen, the card, but I'll just give you a thumbs up when you can put your headphone back in. Well, I, I thought like, um, what if I read your lips? You should cover your oh, mouth. Okay. Okay. The Black King of Clubs. (laughs) I'm covering my mouth. Don't cover the microphone. Okay. See if you guys can hear this. Okay. Black King of Clubs. Okay. I gave her the thumbs up to put her headphones back. Okay. Great. Great. Okay. Okay. Does it help if I like hold it and think about it? I don't know. Whatever you did last time seemed to work great. Okay. Is it black? Yes. Is it an eight? It is not. Is it a jack? No. Okay, say it louder. <laughs> hmm. I don't know. Four? No. No, I didn't hear it that time. All right, that one didn't what work as well. It? it was a king. Hmm. Interesting. Okay, well, we got black. Yeah. All right. Well, good job. That was fun. <laughs> we'll play again. <laughs> Here's my next update. I finally had my reading with Tia. Oh my God. Tell me everything. Okay. So we have, we've texted and you just sent me some bullet points, but you know, yes. me, I like to get into it. Well, I know. And I figured our listeners would want to know because they mm. know Tia. So sure the do. first thing was that my grandmother came through again, this time with my grandfather. And I guess they were oh. holding hands to show oh. like they're together. And she said he was there last time as well, but he was just quiet and let her talk. That's not surprising. <laughs> and, but this time they wanted to make sure that I knew that he was there too. Oh, and then he sweet. kept showing her visions of like his watch that had fallen like by his bedside table or something. And he was concerned, like who had it, make sure somebody could find it. He was thinking maybe Kyle or my dad had it. And Kyle wasn't sure. He thought maybe my dad had it, but I don't understand why all these people come through and like, look for their stuff. Like, why do they care? my grandmother would definitely do that my grandmother that's still living would do that <laughs> well yeah when you're alive she, like once you're gone you care about your watch no I don't know. she would because she's putting in her will that no one can sell her house ever 
<laughs> I'm like, is that possible? Like, can you do that? Right. How do they know? Yeah. I but, mean, she's going mean, to haunt the shit that. out of you. <laughs> well, not me. I'm not selling the house. Okay. <laughs> it's nothing to do with me. There's 15 of us. Like, okay. <laughs> I'm very low on the favorites list. So somebody else is going to get. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. Other fun stuff. They said Maggie was divinely guided to me. That was nice. Oh, that's very um, sweet. And then we asked the cards about her a little. And they said that she, everybody has like a little bit of psychic abilities and they come out in different areas. Mm. And she said hers is seeing relationships dynamics. So I was like, oh, that makes sense. Oh. That's kind of cool. She's like a very social and she's a projector. So I feel like they tend to see systems and yeah. stuff. Some. Yeah. Um, and what else? She said, maybe I would get a new job in a couple months. Um, so whatever happened with your call that you had, they ended up going with another candidate. So yeah. I guess she was right that there wasn't that one. <laughs> yeah. And she thinks that we're going to move maybe January, February. So she mm. said a couple more months on that. I was like, okay. Um, and then I asked if they had any messages about weight loss. And she liked mm. that one. She's like, I got to ask them for me. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> um, and they said that I have energy blocking my root chakra. And Ooh. so I need to do meditation or she also said she is an acupuncture person who can do acupuncture remotely, which seems a little wild to me. Huh. Um, but I guess you know. a little wild, but okay. And <laughs> they said cut back on salt. So it was oh cut back on salt. Interesting. Yeah. Love salt. She was like, Do you eat chips? I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. She's like, Well, they're saying the chips might have too much salt. Mm. so now I've been eating chips and like like spirit guides are you watching me <laughs> um, judged for your chips yeah so I'm putting all those things out here now and then we can follow up when we get to those months and see how it's going mm, interesting did she send you any homework like what are you what are you going to take action on for unblocking your root chakra well she didn't send me any but she said there's a lot of different meditations you can do for mm -hmm. I don't know, opening your root chakra. And then she said there's also some hip opening exercises mm. that can help to release it. Um, yeah, those hips, man. As someone just stored in her hips, it's mm. wild. Yeah. Um, that's lie. really cool. But I feel like that's kind of what you're working through in therapy too. It's all that, Yeah. you know, root stuff. Right. So um, that was that. And then you just had therapy the other day too. I sure did. With fill us in on what's going on. Yeah, it was a really great session because I had a rough couple of weeks, just like emotionally. <laughs> we know how I do with that. Just internalize. No, thank you, emotions. <laughs> and become very self-critical. And then it's like this crazy loop where I'm just like, wow, this is intense. Mm. Anyway, so I realized I still had a lot of unresolved stuff with my mom. Because mm -hmm. we've had a very like wild relationship, not so much in the recent past, but like when I was younger, mm -hmm. a lot of stuff. What was your relationship like when you were younger? Well, my mom was an addict. So I very quickly learned that 
being easy and pleasing her were my priorities. So I kind of just learned to prioritize everybody else around me and kind of suppress my own emotions, my own anger, things like that, so that everybody around me became comfortable. And that definitely like followed me around, I should say, because mm-hmm. that was also like that same pattern happened in my first marriage. You know, it was just like, oh, be easy, be easy until I literally couldn't anymore. And then when I went to therapy, when that marriage was ending, I remember my therapist being like, well, have you changed? And I'm like, yeah, I have, because that was a big shift in the relationship for us was, you know, I went from being like very easygoing and like, okay, whatever you want, whatever you want, whatever mm-hmm. you want to being like, no, I don't want to do that. And it was very jarring for the relationship because that wasn't, you know, what he had signed up for, right? He signed up for the easygoing person. And he tricked him, (laughs) tricked him, you know, and I was ready to evolve. And he was like, no, I'm comfortable here. So it ended in ending. (laughs) (laughs) So was there something that came up recently where you were not pleasing people that re-sparked this old feeling? Um, That's a good question. I feel like I've just been working towards working at this for a while, I guess. Mm -hmm. And I think more recently, just realizing that I kind of am not truly authentic in my relationship with my mom now, like I kind of censor a lot, or Mm -hmm. I don't always say exactly how I feel. And not that that's like a bad thing per se. I think it's okay to do that if you're doing it from a place of a boundary. Mm Mm-hmm versus doing it. I was doing it of a place of being afraid of her reaction. Mm -hmm. Oh, am I going to make her upset if I say this? Am I going to set this boundary and it's going to make her feel some type of way versus like in every other relationship, I'm like, okay, well, you're allowed to have your emotions, but like, this is still my boundary. Mm -hmm. Not that I don't really care, but you know what I mean? Like I kind of put myself first when I realized I wasn't doing that in my relationship with her. Yeah, we were talking about this in my therapy session the other day too with codependent behaviors and, Mm. you know, the difference between like being nice and Mm. how that, when that is a nice thing to just be a nice, easy person and when you're doing it to manipulate somebody else's emotions. And she was Mm. kind of like, it's okay to be nice to make someone else feel comfortable, but it becomes problematic when you feel like you have to, when right. it's a choice, then, you know, you're, then you're, you're in charge of it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But when you feel like that anxiety to please, and then you feel like you're betraying yourself, that's a kind of a subtle difference I thought, but it was interesting to kind of think about that. It's really interesting. I'm going to pull up because my therapist sent this to me after our session A lot of the women who are healing their relationships with and to their mothers are the ones who will become the matriarchs of their families. And it was just really, to me, that was very powerful because I had thought that my relationship was healed to my mother. Mm -hmm. Like I thought, you know, we have come so far. We've, I mean, when I first met you, Maureen, her and I weren't even talking. She didn't meet my son till he was two. Like she didn't meet Dean. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. We had zero contact with each other. You know, she missed she's first... so involved now. She's so involved. Exactly. So our relationship has come so far. 
And so it's interesting, like right now I'm, and you know, I saw her yesterday and I saw her after that therapy session and it was like, my guard was kind of up a little bit. And I was like, wow, interesting that I kind of feel like I have to protect myself right now because all these emotions are kind of fresh. Mm. And one of the big things that we took away from my session was that I've suppressed my anger, you know, Mm -hmm. and and my therapist was saying, she's like, when we feel that energy in our body, especially like in our throat, any blockage of the throat, it's like that suppression of anger. And she was like, do you remember a time as a child when you were angry? And I'm like, I couldn't think of a single time when I was just like angry as a child. Mm -hmm. And it was just like, really affirming. I was like, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, you're right. I guess I do suppress my anger. Like I don't, I'm not angry. I definitely get angry. Yeah. I've definitely like exploded or whatever, or even just like channel that anger. But it's funny because even when my mom and I have had disagreements or arguments or whatever, I tend to be like the level-headed one and she's the one who explodes and has this like huge reaction. So it's just very interesting to me, like kind of diving into all that. So it sounds like she probably taught you through how she behaved that Mm. anger is not really a safe emotion to feel because hers Mm. was not like under control or she didn't release it in a healthy way. Exactly. She also gave me a book to read. So I have it on my list right now. I'll share it. Adult children of immature parents. Oh, interesting. Mm -hmm. So for anybody who wants to read that, because I know you like to read too. I'll put a link to that in our show notes because that oh, would good be cool. Idea. And that's yeah. funny because we were talking about the throat chakra with Rachel that came up again too. Yes. Right. Yes. So funny. So interesting. How's your mom's status with her struggles with addiction right now? Well, it's interesting because she definitely, like when I was younger, she drank a lot. She gambled a lot. That was like her big thing was gambling. Hmm. Um, and she doesn't gamble hardly ever. You know, maybe she goes to the casino like two or three times a year. Um, She still plays the lotto, but not like she used to. Okay. And even drinking, she'll drink, but it's like once a week versus just drinking all the time. Um, But it's really interesting because she's, she hasn't done something like where she's like, oh, I need help to kind of work through these things. Like she never did anything formal, like a AA program or anything like that. Yeah. Um, She's definitely like aware that she has these tendencies. And I think that's enough for her right now. Mm -hmm. You know, they definitely present themselves in other ways, you know, like um, shopping, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, like I'll kind of see the pattern of her, my dad get in a fight and she'll immediately go to the store, you know, Mm. or, um, Also just like noticing her self-talk and how she talks about her body and herself has been interesting to me too. Cause I'm like, Oh, I say those things, (laughs) you know? So now like having a daughter and being aware of, Oh, I don't want my daughter to ever feel how I feel about myself, my body, my, you know, abilities, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Um, It's made me like hypervigilant. So I'm just like, you know, Maybe don't talk about your body like that, especially when Devin can hear you. Right. Or even the boys. I hear my boys say things about their body and I'm like, where are you, where are you getting this? You know? Do you think she's found any more positive outlets for finding, you know, peace? 
<clears throat> Definitely. I, she has recently started like meditating and she's found some really mm -hmm. good YouTube rabbit holes that she's fallen down of just like mindset and things like that. So that's been really, really awesome to see. Like she feels a lot lighter, a lot more positive, mm -hmm. um, you know, a lot more awareness around those just negative or disparaging kind of viewpoints of herself. So that's been really nice to see. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm all for like, I'm not a person that will push, like, I'm doing this. So you have to do this. It's, yeah, I do this and it works for me. And like, you right. do whatever you do. So I love when she share those things with me and I celebrate them, but I'm never going to be like, okay, you should do this next. Mm -hmm. You know, like that's not my job. I'm like, yeah. you do you. That's my, that's my tagline at work. <laughs> Best manager. I'm like, yeah, do, do whatever you want. I don't care. <laughs> Good job. So nice. I know when you were trying to tap back into your sad emotions, you were going to cry in the shower. Do you have like a game plan for how you're going to release your angry emotions? No, I don't know what to do. <laughs> I mean, you feel like maybe you need like a punching bag or something. You know, we were talking about getting one because my husband did martial arts for so long. Right. He does miss aspects of it. And he's put a little like gym down in our garage and he's like, maybe I should get a heavy bag. And I'm like, maybe you should. I was thinking, did I ever tell you about Body Rock, the workout in West Hartford? You should go. It sounds familiar. Yeah. Oh, because Stefania used to talk about it all the time. Okay. She's obsessed with it. And I've done it before. And I'm thinking of going again. Um, but it's essentially like, it's a, it's such a fun workout. It's very dark in the room. Mm -hmm. And they put on black lights and very loud music. Sometimes there's a live DJ, which fun. is fun. And then there's just like a row of treadmills, a row of heavy bags, and then there's some weights and, you know, they did different things, but essentially you start at a station. So like, say you start on the treadmill, they tell you like, okay, jog, run, sprint. And they mm -hmm. tell you when they tell you how long and you just kind of follow along. Mm -hmm. And they're the treadmills that are self-propelled. So you really just like at your own pace, which is cool. And then you'll, and then they switch and you'll go to like the heavy bag and they give you the routines and you just follow whatever for mm -hmm. the duration. And then if there's weights, you do that and then you'll rotate all the stations. Um, but it's a great workout and it's just fun because like, it's so loud and it's so dark that you can just like let loose. Like even I had taken John before and he typically won't use the punching bag in front of people yeah. because he hits it so hard and like <laughs> he draws a lot of attention to himself. So sometimes yeah. it makes him a little like self-conscious. Um, but in that room, he could just let loose because he's like, nobody could see me. Nobody could hear me. It was great. It sounds like club orange theory. A little different. <laughs> okay. I like it a lot more than orange theory. Orange theory is a lot of like the running felt a lot longer. Like you probably run the same amount in this class, mm -hmm. but it didn't feel like you did because they break it up. Yeah. Okay. It wasn't like running for a mile straight, you know, I'm like, Oh God, it's so boring. <laughs> did I tell you about when I went to orange theory with Renee and Wendy one time? No. <laughs> and this like peppy little, like 20 year old telling us, you know, to do the steps or whatever. And you're supposed to hold weights. And I was like, I can already feel like my knees are under strain. So I put the weights down and I was just doing the steps. And she was like, oh, no reason you're not using the weights. I was like, mine are built in. <laughs> and she was like, oh my God, I've never heard someone say that. I was like, <laughs> I am not coming back to this class. <laughs> 
I've done an Orange Theory class with Wendy. That's when I did it That's for the so first funny. time. Yeah. And I think we were in Nashville and I got us very lost on the way home. <clears throat> sounds as about I right. do. Yeah, sounds about <laughs> right. Um, but I remember being like, this is okay, but I loved Body Rock so much more. Yeah. We should go. All right, we'll go. Okay, fine. All right. And you can release some of your anger there. I like that. Yes. Another thing also we were journaling. Just... Okay, good. You know me and my journaling. Yeah. And you've been working with holistic psychologist journal prompts. Yeah. Love her. Awesome. Book is very interesting. Is it? How to do the work. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Maybe we should list that one too. Yeah. I literally like started reading it because I was like, I need to like take action. Yeah. Like I'm like, this is enough. I'm so stressed about just what's happening in my head. And I was like, I can't, I can't take another minute. So yeah. it was, it's a um, Kindle unlimited, which I love. Okay. So I started reading it and I was like, like, it really kind of shocked me a little. Cause I was like, wow, I resonate with so much of what she's saying that she's experienced. And like, she'll kind of share some of her client experiences as well. And I was like, okay, I've experienced most all of these things. And that's wild to me. Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of deep. Like I can't really read it when I'm at work. Like on my break, I like to read while I'm on my break and yeah. I, I have like a second book I'm reading. That's just kind of light and whatever. Mm-hmm. Cause it is a little intense. Yeah. That sounds right. Mm. One thing that we were talking about at my therapy session this week that was interesting is just kind of building your tolerance to discomfort, mm. which was cool. Like she was like a lot of people just have never and whatever your circumstances was as a kid, if there was tension, that usually meant like a fight was about to happen or, yeah. you know, like some, it was not going to be okay. You didn't feel safe, whatever. And so now, you know, if there's any kind of tension, like it's easy to feel that like quick reaction. That's like impulsive, just fix it or get out of there or whatever. And yeah, she was like, it's, it's important to, just practice like taking a minute and just letting the discomfort simmer for a second instead of trying to fix it all the time. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. We were talking with my therapist because I was like, you know, my brother Roy, he's always like in relationship with my parents, I would say like myself and my youngest brother tend to be more of like it's fine. It's okay. Like the people pleasers, right? That was kind yeah. of our role. Whereas my sister and my brother Roy tend to be a little more, my sister, maybe not as much as Roy, but she definitely will be like, mm, no, like as she's gotten older, she'll kind of stand up for herself a little bit more or like say things where Roy is just like, he's just so blunt with it. He's like, no, that doesn't make me feel good. No, I, <laughs> I need you to do this. And like, he's just like so brave in that way. And I'm like, oh my God, like, I'd be so afraid of like the reaction or whatever. And he's like, I don't give a shit. And then thinking about our human design, like he's emotionally defined. Mm-hmm. Whereas us, the other ones, I think Danny is too, actually, but Val and I are undefined um, solar plexus emotional center. So we tend to like, sometimes when it's undefined, one of the shadow aspects is like you avoid confrontation. You mm. avoid those uncomfortable feelings because, you know, we don't have consistent energy to them. So we're just like, no, no, thanks. <laughs> Can right. I keep the peace. Whereas Roy being the defined emotions, he's like, there's no emotions that scare me. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, I know oh my, my emotions. <laughs> yeah. That's so cool. it was kind of cool. Like 
thinking of it that way. I was like, huh, I never like put it together until like that moment when I was saying it in my therapy session. It was cool. Yeah. I like that. Hmm. Um, all right. Do you have any other updates? Okay. This is totally random. Okay. Remember when we were doing a recap of, and we were talking about astrocartography. Yes. And I was telling you how I got married very close to my Jupiter line in Cancun. Yes. And then you were like, well, what was it? Like, what did you feel or whatever? And, and I was like, well, we just had fun, like whatever, which was true. Mm -hmm. But I definitely started my spiritual awakening on that trip. Do you remember that full moon ceremony we went to? Do you remember me telling you about it? Um, tell me again. Um, we got like this, like paper, like slid under our door. And I was like, oh, what's this? And there, it was like, oh, full moon ceremony with ancient Mayan um, rituals and like, you know, barbecue on the beach kind of thing. And I'm like, John, let's go to this. And he was like, okay, great. So we went and let me just paint the picture. Okay. We paint walked it. down the path or along the beach. It's beautiful. And then we go into this little alcove kind of thing. And it's like, um, all these picnic tables are set up and all these buffets of food and there's like a little bonfire. And I'm like, okay, this is kind of cute. Like I'm into this, you know, we grab a plate of food. We, we go over to a little picnic table and we sit across from this really sweet couple who will get back to them, but mm -hmm. we definitely made friends and we're still Facebook friends. And they got married in Cancun, the same resort that we did because we told them about it and they were there like scouting places for their wedding. Okay. And, um, <clears throat> So anyways, the ceremony starts and this guy, this guy comes out and he's like dressed in traditional Mayan gear. He's like wearing this fucking tiger thing. I don't even know. And they're <laughs> singing these songs and they're burning Kapal and they're walking around and they're playing these drums. And I'm like, oh, wow, this is like a whole thing. You know, John and I are just like into it. Yeah. And <clears throat> then they had everybody, whoever wanted to participate, they had them stand up and we all held hands in a circle around the fire and they like were chanting and undoing and singing and doing all these things. It's wild. And then John and I went and sat next to the fire and there were other people there all dressed in their traditional clothing. And they came over and like, they did this whole little thing around us. And I was like, Oh my God, what's happening. And, and then that's it. That's how I, that kind of like launched my spiritual journey. I came back and I had a sun porch on my house and I cleared it all. And I set up a meditation space and I started meditating every day. And then we mm. went and got certified for Reiki and like just this whole healing journey started after that. So, so they I did some weird voodoo shit on you when you were at that ceremony. They sure did. And I loved it. It was so much fun. That's cool. Yeah, it was cool. All right. We got to find some more ceremonies to go to. Yep. And then when I got back, I went to see my psychic that I have here in Connecticut. We should probably have her on the show. Yeah. Oh, she would be fun. And she had also gone to Cancun for her honeymoon. And she mm -hmm. was, she told the most interesting story. She was like, oh yeah. She was like, I am from there. I was like, oh yeah. She's like, not in this lifetime, of course. She's Obviously. like, but we went, we went and we went to the ruins and she's like, we're walking around the ruins and she's like, where are all the trees? What's going on? Why is it so hot? Where's the water there? She would. And then there was like this gated off path and she was like, come on, come on. There's water over here. And her husband's like, what are you doing? What? <laughs> yeah. And she like went over where she wasn't supposed to go. And sure enough, there was the watering hole. 
Wow. Yeah. So it was like, she was like, I was home. She, it was, she's like, it was the craziest experience. And you know, my husband, God bless him. He was just like along for the ride. He was like, okay. He's like, how do you know all this? She's like, I don't know. I just know. But it was really cool. It was really interesting. And Ooh. so she was like, it wasn't an accident that you chose that place for your wedding. It wasn't an accident. Like, and I was like, that's really funny because I felt very comfortable there. I felt like I could stay there forever. I did not, I had no urge to come home. Mm -hmm. I also have never like taken Spanish or really learned Spanish, but by week two, I was like speaking and understanding. Like when we drove down to Tulum, I was asleep mm -hmm. in the car and our driver was like talking to John and John took like five or six years of Spanish, maybe more. I think he took it mm -hmm. all throughout college. And so he was talking to the driver in Spanish and they were like stuck on a word. And I like woke up and I'm like, John, he's asking you if we have deer in Connecticut. And he was like, what? And the driver's like, yeah, yeah, exactly. And I'm like, see, <laughs> and then I just went back to sleep. And then like some time went by again, they were stuck on a word and I woke up. I'm like, John, he's asking you if it snows. And he was like, are you fucking kidding? <laughs> it was getting so pissed at me. It was so funny. So, like, yeah, I wonder if it's because you were like in a less fully conscious state that you could just have your Spanish yeah. come through from your past lives or something. Maybe. But even like we had gone to dinner and I was talking, then I, you know, wasn't eating gluten or dairy. And we went to an Italian restaurant and the guy was like, oh no, I got you. And he was like telling me in Spanish, like, okay, if you want to order like no dairy, order this. And this is how you say it. And da, 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 da. And he left and John was like, that was really cute. Like, that was very sweet of you. And I'm like, what was sweet of me? It's like that you were just like nodding and smiling. I was like, oh no, I understand him. And then I repeated everything he said in Spanish. And John was like, oh, oh hidden talent. So I love it. What it's is Jupiter bad. about? Um, Jupiter is expansion. It's spirituality. It rules, remember, our ninth house of higher learning, higher education, God, you know, all that kind of stuff. Language, apparently. No. Who knows? <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> I like it. All right. Um, That's all I got. All right. Well, uh, that was a super fun interview and we hadn't done one in a little while, so I yeah. missed it. I'm excited me for too. our next ones. Yeah, me too. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode and we would love to have you guys subscribe to our email list. So just go ahead and click the link below. It'll take you right to signing up for our email list. And if you enjoyed listening, please share with a friend send them the episode, recommend the podcast to them. Um, we love when, you know, we, friend, we send each other podcasts all the time. <laughs> I send podcasts to all my closest friends. I'm like, listen to this. <laughs> I love when people send me podcasts. I'm like, yeah. oh yeah, this one's good for me. Great. Thank you. Great. Exactly. So share the love and join our email list and we'll, we'll keep it coming. And see you next time. <laughs> all right. Bye. Bye. <laughs>